We acknowledge you as Lord, Master, and King right now. In the midst of every situation and circumstance, we worship you and we praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, God. Thank you for being in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray. I pray for each person in this room that there will be divine encounters. To prow in your presence would be tangible and recognized right now when we go from this place and every day we thank you Holy Spirit for working in hearts and lives do what only you can do you know every person's mindset you know where they are emotionally you know where they are physically you know you're the only one that knows so we ask you to do what only you can do, to create change, to bring about transformation, that we might live and walk in the fullness of what Jesus has done for us. In 2021, we might be the lights in our world, that those around us who are stuck in darkness where their minds have been blinded by the God of this world, the enemy, trying to keep the light of the gospel, we are the carriers of that light. In all the facets that that light refracts and shines of your goodness, of your mercy, of your power, of your demonstration, of your healing, of your joy, of your peace, that we are carriers of the very reflection and the very manifestation of the goodness of God, that when you enter a person's life and break the power of sin, that you fill them up with all that you are and all that you have, and you reveal your goodness and how good it is to be free from sin and live in relationship with our Creator. Minister to every heart, minister to every life, that we might be equipped to share and to minister with others, that we might be fully equipped, fully functioning as Christians, children, sons and daughters of God. And we give you the glory and the honor, the praise and the thanksgiving for what will be accomplished in every heart, every life, right now, and by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Wishing you a Happy New Year coming up. Everybody who's joining us online, want to welcome you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Meeker Campus, thank you for being with us. And again, all of you, thanks for coming out. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Say this with me. The life of God dwells in me. Therefore, I have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place, and my victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere I go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to remind you uh, that we have corporate prayer on Monday night. Uh, services tonight at 6 o'clock. Corporate prayer uh, Monday night. And um, uh, we've been uh, just carrying that out. And then beginning the new year, uh, we're going to have 10 days of prayer and fasting. And so I just encourage you, uh, you can fast uh, meals, uh, and that's a good way just to tell your body that uh, it's not in charge, right? That your spirit man is in charge. 
But there's a number of other good things. You can look at Isaiah chapter 58, and it talks about the fast that we should be fasting. And part of that is fasting ourselves and being conscious of people around us. Certainly explains it differently. But you could say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast thinking about myself all the time, and I'm going to purpose to pray and to think about God and to think about others. Uh, I can fast social media. Whatever it is that's getting in, in the way of you connecting with God in a, a supernatural way, a deeper way, uh, to move into 2021 and uh, focus on him, uh, fast those things. And so we're going to do 10 days of, of prayer and fasting, and uh, we'll have corporate prayer time. Uh, uh, it's announced on Monday, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning at 8 in the morning. But I, I made a change last Monday, even though they have the publication. So if you can remember this, we are going to pray on Saturday night, this Saturday, the 2nd of January, we're going to get together and pray. So we're going to kick off our, our corporate prayer time in prayer and fasting on the 2nd. Um, you know, if you look at the publication, you come Monday night, praise the Lord. Uh, that's okay. But uh, we're going to add Saturday night to that. And so I'm looking forward to 2021. Yes. Amen. I believe that 2021 is going to be the year of the church. Yes. That it's a time and a place where the power and the presence of God will manifest. That's right. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. That 2021 will be a, a time where the power and the presence of God will manifest. As we shared on Christmas Eve that, you know, God declared when Jesus was born that we would call him Emmanuel, God with us. And that God desires to be with us. He's desired that from the very beginning. What sin did from the very beginning was sin broke the relationship. Man's disobedience to God broke the relationship that he had with God. And in the breaking of that relationship, he had declared from the very beginning that if you disobey and eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, you will die. In other words, that relationship will be broken. Your relationship with the giver of life, this overflow of life, this God kind of life, the one who created you, the life of the one who created you, you'd be separated from it. God didn't like that. Man made that choice, but he always desired to be with man. He's always been working to have fellowship with man. So initially he set up, he, he came to Abraham and he knew that Abraham would raise his children well. And he said, I so desire to be with man. And so he set up Abraham, the covenant that he made with Abraham. He delivered the children of Israel, set up the law of Moses so that once a year atonement could be made so that God could have a people that he fellowship with. But just having a people that he could communicate with and fellowship with wasn't enough. He wanted to have fellowship with you and I. He wanted to have fellowship with all generations and fellowship with all of mankind. And he knows that even today that when we don't recognize that the very thing that he wants is for us to live and to walk in his presence, to walk with him every single day, to be yoked with him. Jesus said this. He said, My, uh, when the world comes upon you, when you're separate from me, and the world just keeps loading and loading and loading. Anybody recognize that the world just keeps loading? right? And he's trying to wear you out. He's trying to weary you with the circumstances of life, with all the news of the day. He's trying to weary you. And he said, when you find yourself feeling weary and heavy laden, come to me. In other words, if we're feeling weary and heavy laden, we're not coming to him. 
Mentally, we may say, I'm a Christian, I'm his, he belongs to me, but we consciously are not coming to him because he said, come unto me, and I will release you from that, and I will break the yoke by the anointing, break the yoke of bondage and heaviness where you're yoked to this world and this world system and the cares of this life and the cares of this world. And he said, I will shatter that yoke and yoke yourself to me. I want to walk with you every day. You know, we don't understand it as much, but they were talking to a people that understood that, that when the, the oxen got yoked together, they, the, the big yoke that was upon them, they walked together. And the older one would teach the younger one how to plow, how to do the work of that and make it easier on the younger one. And so they understood. Jesus was saying, come, stick your neck in here and let's walk together every single day. And you learn from me because I've been tempted in all points like as you are. I've been walking in a way. I've been persecuted. I've been mocked. I've been laughed at. I've been spit upon. I've been tempted by women. I've been tempted by lust. I've been tempted by finances, but I never sinned once. I can show you how to walk without the burden of sin. I can teach you how to walk in righteousness and have a full, full life without regret, without condemnation, without sin. He said, and your burden will be light. Your yoke will be easy. There'll be a pep to your step. There'll be a glide to your stride, but you got to come unto me. And with all that's going on in 2020, he wants it to be a year where his church comes and yokes themselves to him, and they begin to walk in his presence and walk in his power. He came not just to save us, thank God for salvation. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. But he said, right here, right now, in this life, I want to walk with you. I want to teach you how to live in a full, abundant life. I want to teach you how to cast off the sin and the weight that keeps knocking you off track. Every time you get excited about me, you get knocked off track. Why? Because you're yoked to something else. But the moment you get excited and come to me and let me bust that yoke and you come and you yoke yourself to me, if you're yoked to me, you're in my presence every single day. And I'll teach you every single day. Because I never intended Christianity to be a religion, but an experience I never wanted to be a God that you could just learn about. I wanted to be a God that you could experience my goodness and you could experience my power. You could experience my loving kindness. You could experience my joy and you could experience my peace. And we ended this year talking about God being faithful. And I want to just really kind of wrap that up if I can today. But he's faithful. Even when we've been faithless, he's faithful. He's still there. If you're burdened and heavy laden, he's still there. He's never left. He's never forsaken you. He's always there. And if you're laboring and you're heavy laden and the world's got you down and the coronavirus has got you down and the government reports have got you down, he says, quit being weighed down. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. And don't just come to get rest. Come to have that yoke destroyed by the anointing. And come to connect yourself to me. And I believe that if the church will begin to focus on the power and the presence, I should get that reversed on the presence and the power. 
of God. 2021 is going to be amazing. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 tells us this. It really starts in 17. It says, when we join ourselves to him, where the spirit is Lord, there's liberty. Where we make him Lord, where we yoke ourselves to him, and he's actually Lord. It's not just a phrase. It's not a religious phrase. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. But when we actually say, I'm yoking to you as the lead, the master, he said, there's liberty. There's freedom from guilt. There's freedom from shame. There's freedom from sin. There's freedom from bondage. There's freedom. And he said, when there's that freedom from all of that, he said, I will begin a transformation process. I will begin a change, and it will be a glorious change. And I won't stop at the first degree of glory, but I'll take you from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. He said, if you'll stick with me, if you'll stay yoked with me, I will take you from faith to faith. I'll take you from one degree of believing to believing for things you never thought you'd be able to believe for. If you'll believe me right now and you think this is big right now to believe me for, he said, believe me, watch me, watch my faithfulness and then stay with me because we'll come on tomorrow and you'll run into something bigger, but it won't seem bigger because I'm bigger. And we're not going to have a faith in our faith or try to make our faith a show or be proud, proudful about our faith because that never works. But we're going to have faith in a God that's bigger than any situation or circumstance that we have. And in that, like Alan said, there's a confidence that we serve a big, big God. We serve a God that measures the universe in the span of his hand. And the devil's trying to make us think, well, your God isn't so big. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And we keep looking at why is this happening instead of... Like he said, this shouldn't be happening. What is this uncircumcised circumstance that defies what Jesus did for my life? See, we get caught up in that and going, this is really big, instead of saying, you think you're so big? You think you're so hot? You think you're going to bring me down? Meet my God. Come on, meet my God. I've told this story before, but right now it just seems like it bears repeating. You know, when I was in sixth grade, my friend Kenny Arnold, we used to always play football together. You know, we, we loved to be outside. We didn't have video games at that time. That tells how old I am. We didn't have video games. So we just loved to play football. And so my brother, he's, uh, I think he's about three and a half years older than I am. And actually, to tell you the truth, I'm the runt of the litter at my house of, of men. And so my brother is about six foot five. And, uh, uh, and so... Uh, we were just entering middle school. My brother was just entering in, into high school. And so we were at my friend's house playing football. My brother was going to come play football with us in the yard, uh, throw passes to us and all that stuff. And so Kenny's neighbor, who was older than us, he was between my brother and, and us, and he took our football, and he wouldn't give it back. And so, you know, we're standing there arguing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And my friend Kenny kind of glanced down the street, and he saw my brother coming. And he said, he all of a sudden got super bold. And he walked over, and he got closer, and that that other kid was a big kid, and he walked over, and he said, give us our football right now, or Gary's going to beat you up. (laughs) And he looked down and saw my brother coming, and he gave us the football. 
See, the devil's toying with you, acting like he's so big, and sometimes it just takes somebody to glance and say, listen, God said, Jesus said, he'd never leave me, he'd never forsake me, and look at your circumstances, and you think you're so hot? Meet Jesus. The one who has already triumphed over you, who has executed mastery. When he raised from the dead, he led a triumphal parade and made an open display and he disarmed you and you have no strength or power in my life. Meet Jesus. And he's not afar off somewhere and he's not up there in heaven and he's not on my nightstand in my Bible, but he is in me and it's in him that I live and in him that I move and in him that I have my very being. So if you're going to mess with me, you're going to have to mess and stand in the power and the presence of God. Come on, we need to turn this year and say we're done with this stuff. It doesn't matter what goes on in the world. The world may not get brighter. The world might not change and be exactly what we want it to be. But we can be exactly what God created us to be. I'll try to get to my message. This is not my message. Praise the Lord. God's just faithful. He's so faithful. He didn't leave us behind somewhere. He's not waiting for us to get to him somewhere. He's faithful. He's always faithful. And he said, if you'll just come, as Alan read that scripture, and feed on my faithfulness, feed on my faithfulness. God, you're always faithful. You've been faithful to every generation. We go back, and we begin to feed on his faithfulness. He was there for Abraham. He was there for Isaac. He was there for Jacob. He was there for Moses. He was there for the children of Israel. He was there for David. And if he was there for them, he'll be there for you. And he'll be there for me. He's not concerned with the generation. He's faithful to all generations. And in fact, the heat is on because this could be the greatest generation. That if we'll yoke ourselves to him and if we'll be conscious of the people around us and we'll be bold to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ and carry the power and the presence of God with us and know and be confident that God is with us wherever we go and there's people who are lost and dying and going to hell and our mission and our commission is to come upon them and plead with them to be reconciled to God. There's a place where we understand that we're saved and people aren't and if they die without Jesus or if Jesus comes back, there is no turning back they'll go to hell and so we plead with them we don't casually go whatever come on be reconciled to God a God who loves you a God who's not looking to impute your trespasses to you and send you to hell he sent Jesus to save your life but when we know that we've experienced that we carry the presence of God with us supernatural things happen to build ourselves up spiritually to the point that we know and we're confident. And as Alan said, I'm in him. He's in me. We're living. We're abiding. We're dominated by a spirit life instead of everything that's around us. That we're growing and we're incredibly increasing in our spiritual life. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, Alan read it from the King James or the New King James. This is what the passion says, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24 says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, set you apart completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it. So the Passion Translation says it. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the one who calls you by name, is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. Thoroughly complete his work in you. My heart has been stirred probably for a year and a half, maybe more than that. I mean, surely, but my staff can tell you that watching what the world's doing, watching the church, dealing with my own self, that it's really a time that we be very conscious of growing spiritually. The church has been dominated by their soul. We've been tossed to and fro by the feeling of the day, by the emotion of the day, by whatever passion the day has. And we end up shipwrecked because it doesn't go our way. It doesn't feel our way. We don't feel good about it. But there is something about developing and growing and going into 2021 spiritually strong. So you are a spirit You have a soul and you live in a body. You are a spirit. You're not a body. You're a spirit. You have a soul. Mind, will, and emotions. But you are a spirit. And because we are spirit, we have a responsibility to take control and care for our body. Paul said this. Paul said, I buffet my body. I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection. Subjection to what? Subjection to my spirit, lest after I've shared the gospel with somebody else, I myself would become a castaway. He said, listen, I can go share the gospel and the truth of it, but when they watch my life when I walk away, do they see the same thing? So I have a responsibility. I, the spirit man, has a responsibility to be confident enough, strong enough, built up enough to tell my body we are not doing that or we are doing this. We, the spirit man in us, has a responsibility to save our soul from all the information that's coming from the world. It says, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. It's able to change how you view and how you look at every situation of life. See, so often we have this word and we have to brush the dust off of it when something happens. He said, no, we, should, we have a responsibility. Our spirit man needs to pick us up in the morning and say, we're reading the word. Because you're going to get so much information today. You're going to get news information. You're going to get information from your boss. You're going to get signals from your coworkers. 
They're going to give you dirty looks. They're going to tell you you're not doing good enough. They're going to tell you that you made a mistake. They're going to do that. And he says, you need to have your soul ready to respond with the word of God and not break down and not be offended and not come into unforgiveness and not cry and not whine, but have something from the inside rise up and say what the word of God says. We as the church are the ones that when somebody tries to take you down, get you offended, look at you weird, correct you, we're not moved by it. We don't walk away. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't cry. We stand up on the inside. Even if the outside feels like falling apart, the inside stands up. It's time for us to really focus 2021, I'm just telling you, on the presence of God. And the power that he has to raise us up and strengthen us in our spirit man. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 14 in the Amplified Bible says this. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain and trouble. But a weak, broken spirit, who can rise up or bear? Come on, listen. When pressure comes, when sickness comes... When problems come, a weak spirit can't bear it. A weak spirit can't bear it. But the strong spirit of a man sustains him, holds him up, raises him up in bodily harm and in trouble. We've neglected so often our spirit man. We've gone to the gym every single day to build up our physical body. And thank God, bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable in every aspect of life. We've taken time to go to school and study and get certificates and study day and night and night and day to get a certificate or to get qualified for a job, but we can't, we don't have time to pick up the word of God and begin to put it into our hearts and our lives. And he said, listen, that that doesn't make you strong spiritually. What makes you strong spiritually is the word of God coming and letting it abide in you, letting it reside in you because it is spirit and it is life and it will start to generate life in your spirit, strength in your spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in your spirit. He says, a man that prayeth in an unknown tongue edifies, builds himself up. We get into the word and we pray in the spirit and we begin to strengthen ourselves in our inner man. So when the forces come, when the news comes, when the broadcast comes, when the information comes, when the person doesn't treat us just right, it doesn't move us. It doesn't knock us down. It doesn't emotionally wreck us and wound us. And the enemy's not done trying to steal from the church, to kill and to destroy. That's why he came. But Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Not life that goes our way every day the way we want, but in the midst of it not going our way, He strengthens us that it would go the way that it should go. Come on. So often we falter because it's not going our way, but it goes the way that it should go. So I wanted to just take a few minutes. Actually, I'll share just a couple. This is the Message Bible. It says, a healthy spirit conquers adversity 
But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? 2 Corinthians 4, 7, Paul said this, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This treasure in earthen vessels. We have this life of the spirit, the spirit of God in our spirit. It's a treasure. I'd ask this question to raise your hand, but I don't want you to lie and I don't want you to be put on the spot. But just think about it. How many of us consider our new birth and knowing that Christ dwells in our heart through faith a treasure that we value every day, Christ in me, the hope of glory. But Paul did. Paul was stoned and left for dead and he got back up. He was shipwrecked and survived it. He was beaten three times with 39 stripes. He was thrown in a dungeon and began to praise God at midnight and the jail shook and he came out of it. Why? Because he said, I have a treasure in earthen vessels. And he said, and so even though I'm hard pressed on every side, I'm not crushed. See, he says right here, who can bear with a crushed spirit, a spirit that's crushed. He said, listen, if I build my spirit up, I'll never be crushed. He said, though I've persecuted, I'm never forsaken. Men can forsake me, but God will never forsake me. Though I'm perplexed, I don't know what's going on with the coronavirus. I don't know what's going on, but I'm never in dismay because I know that God knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And so I'd rather live and abide from the spirit than from my soul and from my body. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart. We don't get discouraged. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Listen, young people and old people alike, this body is headed for dust. It just is. I can tell you. I had this revelation about a year and a half ago. Actually, it was two years ago because uh, it was winter time. I've always been told, oh, gosh, you don't look your age. You know, when I was 21, people thought I was 16. That's how I got away with Mary and Tasha. She still thought I was a teenager. <laughs> and so two years ago, I'm 59. And so I go up in Copper Mountain, I go up to the ski area, I have my, my, my stocking hat on and everything, and I ask for a lift ticket, and the lady in there says, is this for a senior? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> the outward man's sagging. He's perishing. It happens to the best of us. But the inward man... While the outward man is perishing, the inward man can be being renewed day by day. And in being renewed by the Spirit of God, it gives strength and purpose and vibrancy to this mortal body that seems to be going down. It gets life from the Spirit. He said the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He said, listen, the, the inward man starts to look at eternity. The outward man looks at the temporal, and it's perishing. It's going down. We begin to wonder, do I need to get a facelift? Do I need to get a tummy tuck? What's going on? But the inward man says, it's going down. But eternity's going up. 
So we had this experience just yesterday. The Wednesday after, I believe it was the Wednesday after Thanksgiving, we found out that, uh, and many of you know this, we, we published that you've been praying, and so this will be a great report as you do this, but we found out our dear friends and pastor, Pastor Craig and Sharon, been diagnosed with coronavirus, and so uh, been called just to pray for them <clears throat> as we've been praying for many people. And a couple weeks later, uh, we get the report uh, that Pastor Craig um, had fallen in his house and uh, um, Sharon took his oxygen level and his oxygen level was 43, which is like not good, dangerously low. So she called the doctor that they knew in the church and he said, call 911 right now. And so they rushed Pastor Craig to the hospital and, and uh, they put him on what, 40 liters of oxygen or something like that? Anyway, he, we all have been praying and, and going through stuff. And so uh, um, he's doing awesome. So we FaceTimed him yesterday. And I just want to tell you, because I'm just going to give you this testimony, because I, I, you know, I told Tasha when we got off the phone, I, I started getting ready for the message. I said, man, this is just, this is what's been on my heart, but this is a, a testimony and a manifestation of this scripture, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in time of bodily harm and trouble. And to, to pray and build your spirit, man, what we've been talking about, God is preparing us for what he's prepared for us so that when we arrive at that place, we occupy that place, we're not occupied by it. And that preparation, it might not be the place that we thought. You know, New Creation Church of Salt Lake has been praying for revival, revival, revival. Going to the hospital with coronavirus with your oxygen level at 43 does not look like revival. It looks like it's going the wrong direction. But when you are prepared with what God has prepared you for, you occupy occupy that place, you're not occupied by it. So we began to be in touch with Pastor Sharon and, and try to get updates on, on Pastor Craig. And it really starts here as I just share this testimony real quick. I want to encourage all of us because it started right here as they go in and she had very little communication and some other things happened while he was there. And so she got the reports back. And while we, she was just telling us the report, she paused and she said, you know, uh, it, it could appear that some mistakes were made, but I'm not going there. I will not give the devil any place to steal this miracle that is about to happen. See, someone making a mistake in the hospital usually gets people all Twitterpated, and they want to hold somebody responsible, and they get off focus of what's going on. So right there, her strong spirit said, don't you let the devil take this miracle from you. See how easily it goes? It's rational. It's rational to think somebody made a mistake. This is bad. This is their fault. But she said, no, I'm praying. And we're not going to let this miracle slip out of our hands because somebody else or we're placing blame somewhere. So we just continued to pray. Anyway, we got to talk to, we FaceTimed Pastor Craig. Man, he got on. He was smiling. He's sharp as can be. But he, he's just started to tell us. And Sharon said this. She said, you know what? We know he's going to be physically raised up. But I know as I was praying, God's doing a deeper work in his spirit, man. And so we're on there, and all we're doing is talking about what's been going on in his spirit. 
He started to talk about these, how these scriptures that he knows that personally God was revealing, revealing scriptures that he knew. He said, the light came on that, and then he paused and he said this. He said, but I learned something. Revelation isn't there to make you something. He said, the revelation so humbles you that you know that you could have never seen it without the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. See, sometimes we get a revelation. We're like, whoo, I got a revelation. He said, when it comes from God, it's so humbling to know that he would show you something that would save your life, that would bring you out of a situation. You know the scripture. You can confess it over and over. He was saying, I knew it. It was something that we had confessed and confessed, but it came and became revelation. So we're walking in the presence and the power of God. He wants to reveal things to us. When trouble comes, he wants to reveal things to us that we see it from his perspective, not from our perspective. If we're going to grow spiritually, number one, we can't let all of the offenses of life come in. Like Pastor Sharon, she just said, I'm not letting that come in. There's miracles. There's miracles in this room that the enemy wants to disrupt because somebody made a mistake and you're going to hold them accountable or they didn't look at you right or they said something wrong to you. And he says, why are you letting that steal the miracle that I have for you? Focus, Daniel Psalm, focus. And then he said, there's revelation to be had that goes beyond our natural seeing and knowing. And it's not for the flash, and it's not for the fluff, and it's not to make us something. It's a revelation that brings you into a deeper relationship with God. And it causes you to know something that you otherwise would never know if he didn't reveal it to you. The strong spirit of a man. Come on, they'd been praying. I've known Pastor Craig for uh, almost 40 years now. 2021 is New Creation Church's 40th anniversary. So for 39 years, I've known them, and they're people of prayer. They get into the Word of God, and so things happen. And so all of a sudden, you know, they never anticipated this happening but the strong spirit of a man sustains him. A weak spirit gets crushed. But the strong spirit of a man sustains him. We can't focus on our emotions and how they get swayed and tossed. We can't just rely on our ability to figure things out in our own soul. It's revelation that comes from the Spirit. And Jesus even said the church would be built and the gates of hell would not prevail against revelation knowledge, not just human knowledge. He said this, he said, you may not know this, and I'd have to say the way he described it, I thought I, thought I had uh, experienced this before, especially in other countries when we travel and people pray for us. But we said, we, we, we've been praying for you. And he said, <laughs> he kind of laughed and he goes, I know. He said, no, I'm not kidding. You can feel it. He said, I could tangibly feel the prayers of people. When your spirit is alive and receptive and strong, 
You feel and receive what's going on in the spirit. Thank God for the church. We might have a lot of things in the church that we still got to work out. But when something like this happens, thank God for the church. The church at Salt Lake was praying. Many of you all were praying. People all over that they know were praying. And he's like, man, I knew you were praying. I could feel the prayers. And you may be just thinking, well, he's just saying this. Listen, you'd had to be on the FaceTime, and I know Pastor Craig. This is stuff that is, I mean, totally impacted him. See, he was strong. He saw it a different way. But in this time, because he was strong spiritually, this, it, it raised him up to another place. I believe that no matter where we are, we're going to encounter things. It may not be coronavirus. It may be, not be the threat of death. But you're going to encounter temptation. You're going to encounter uh, 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 times to be disappointed, maybe financial lack, maybe sickness in your body. But listen, it's not. Jesus is the same. And he'll do what he's done for one. He'll do for all. That if we're strong and we build ourselves up spiritually and we need prayer, we'll receive that prayer. And when we're strong spiritually and the devil tries to distract us by people making mistakes or things going wrong or our mistakes. We won't allow that to come in because we stay focused on what the Spirit of God is doing. Then he said something that is so tangible in Scripture. He said, listen, I've walked through this, and I knew I had a relationship with God, but in this moment and in this time that I've been here, he said, I haven't just known things, but I've experienced the Word of God and the Spirit of God like never before. He said, now I know what, when the word talks about experiential knowledge, I know what it's talking about. I know what he's talking about. As we've been talking about the faithfulness of God. As we're turning into a new year. God building our life, and he's faithful to complete that which he started. He started something in us the day we were born again, and he plans on finishing it, and he's working in you, and he's working in me every single day to will and to do of his good pleasure. Why? So we can be religious? No. So that we can walk in his presence and his power every day, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, that we don't have to give place to sin and the destruction that comes with it. We don't have to give away, give way to the attack of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy something in our life or even take our life but we can build ourselves up spiritually that when he comes and trouble comes and sickness comes that the strong spirit of a man or a woman sustains him but a weak spirit who could bear who could rise up if it's weak practice 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 Once it starts to come and to crush you, it's not a good time to practice. We call for the mercy of God, and we keep calling. But right now, we have an opportunity, no matter what your situation, to begin to practice the presence of God, begin to make a declaration in 2021, I am going to read the Bible. I'm going to read through the Bible. I'm going to let the Word of God, I'm going to take it in and let the Word of God dwell in me richly. I'm going to pray in the Spirit like I've never prayed before. And that Spirit of God in me as I pray in the Holy Spirit will energize, build up, and charge up my inner man. I'll meditate on the word day and night and night and day. 
I'll not allow offense into my life. I'll not allow emotional things to take over, but I will begin to take a spiritual responsibility and tell, have my spirit man begin to override my emotions and declare to my body what we're going to do. And you may start off and leave here and your body says, we ain't doing that. And your emotions in your mind may say, he's gone off of his rocker. We're not doing that. It'll be your decision and my decision to say, no, 2021 is going to be a year for the church to arise. And I'm a member of the body of Christ. And if we're going to grow and be strong, then that means I am going to have to become strong spiritually for this season and this day, this hour, and this generation. For we know because of 2020 that the days that we used to know are behind us. And the days that are ahead of us are unknown what they will be. But God knows and he has a plan for his body. And so a cry and a call in the spirit is going out for the day ahead in which is not the day that you've known in the past, nor do you know what the day holds. It is a day that God is calling out for his church to arise, to strengthen themselves from the inside out. That truly the church would stand up as an army of God, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might clothed in his armor, able and willing to stand against the strategies of the enemy, with endurance in their heart, when they've done all to stand, they will stand for the kingdom of God. They will stand for souls saved. They will stand for righteousness. They will raise up their shield of faith and quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. And they will not give up ground, but they will take ground and possess the lands that God has ordained and promised for them to possess. For it is a day and it is a time for the church to arise. It is a time for the army of God to clothe itself and stand with its shoulders back in confidence and declare to the enemy, who are you? The one that defies the armies of the Most High God. But know this, before you stand against the enemy to ask who defies the armies of God, there must be an army of God raised up to defy. He has been and is raising an army. Will you enlist? Will you go through boot camp? Will you train? Will you put on the armor? Will you stand? And will you fight? Just to let you know, I'm not mad. I, I was just bold confidence in the Spirit of God. Wasn't meaning to yell, sorry. Why don't you stand up? this pastor Craig said one other thing too he said God 
is good, and we all know that, but he's so much better than we even can comprehend. And he said he loves us so much more than we can even understand. And man, that just broke our hearts. We were all bawling on that call. <laughs> but God is so much greater and he loves us so much more than we can even comprehend. Yeah. So, Amen. Yeah. I knew I almost asked her. I knew she'd have parts of that to share. He did make this statement. He said, man, or last week, he said, the best way I can describe it is bolts, like lightning bolts of compassion are hitting my heart. And he said, and it hurts. But the compassion of God just overwhelms him. It's a testimony of God that endures forever. We're going to have him at some point. He'll come share this testimony. He'll do way better than I am. I was just moved by it. In the place that we are as a church, what's been in my heart about rising up spiritually, he's just that example of what, when the strong spirit of a man in a time of trouble and your mind gets pulled and your body's being pulled down and all that, the spirit rises up. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify and we glorify you. Right now, right now, I thank you, you're turning things right now. You're healing someone right now. Someone watching by streaming, you're healing somebody right now. That pain in your hip, the anointing's going in right now. You're healing somebody right now. A healing flow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You're saving somebody right now. If that's you, you're like, I, I need you right now. I just need to give my life to the Lord Jesus. Let's pray this together. Father God, I come to you right now. I'm done living life my way. I'm going to lay aside the guilt and the shame. And I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died for my sin. God raised you from the dead so that I could have a relationship with you. So I receive that into my heart. I call you Lord of my life. And I renounce sin. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you're in this room, altar workers will be up here. Just come up here. They'd love to give you a packet that will help you understand and grow and go further. If you're watching online, you can go on to our app, uh, share your story and let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to give you a gift. Whew, I ran out of time. I'm sorry. Went late again. Uh, trying to get on time. Say so as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. Make it a great day.